You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, I wonder if we should also say Christ is ascended. He is ascended indeed. Alleluia. Because the ascension brings to its fullness the gifts that Jesus has won for us in his death and in his resurrection, when he ascends into heaven and sits down at the Father's right hand. Now, the thing to begin with is this. The Father's right hand is not a place, but rather an office. I think we even have an English thing that we say that's kind of like that. We say that someone is their right-hand man. I mean, that doesn't mean that like you have someone that uses their right hand and then you have someone that uses the left hand or something like this. What it, what it, and it also doesn't mean that someone's just always right there, right next to you. What it, what it means is that, that, that the authority that, that, that one person has is given to another. And this is what it means when we say that Jesus sits down at the Father's right hand. It means that Jesus now takes up an office, a uh, office. Uh, 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 and, and the functions of that office. In other words, he enters into the authority of God himself. So that all the things that belong to God now belong to Jesus. All rule, all power, all governance, even the attributes of God, that God is everywhere, that he knows all things. All of the attributes that belong to Jesus all along, because he was, remember, God and man, he had all of those things. But he now takes up the full use of all of these divine attributes. And he does it for us. He sits down at the right hand of the Father for us. He takes up that authority for you and for me and for his church. So that all of these promises of Scripture can be fulfilled. Lo, uh, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus promises that according to his ascension. I will, ne- I will never leave you or forsake you, but I will be with you. Or, uh, or, or this. When Jesus, uh, when the book of Acts begins, uh, the, the, uh, Luke writes to Theophilus and he says, those things which Jesus began to do, I've written to you. But, but you see, the work of Jesus for his death and his resurrection and then his ascension is only the beginning. But he continues to work, continues to serve, continues to rule and reign and all of it for us. So that Paul can say in Ephesians chapter 1, that he sat down at the Father's right hand and he rules and reigns and governs all things for the sake of his body that is the church. So this doctrine of the ascension, or maybe we can say it even better, the fact, the historical fact of the ascension gives us great comfort. The one who sits on the throne and rules the universe is the one who died for you, who shed his blood for you, who loved you so much that he was willing to be forsaken by God and and endure the wrath of God for you. That is the one who is in charge. I think we probably all are watching the news, uh, woefully (laughs) watching the news, and it seems like this world is falling apart day by day, and things get worse day by day. And I thought to myself this morning that the ascension couldn't have come at a better time. Because it reminds us who's in charge. Jesus, the one who loves you, 
the one who says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And he can keep that promise because he is at the Father's right hand. Now, dear saints, the devil comes to tempt us away from this promise. In fact, I don't wonder, and I think, and I, I didn't, didn't track this down. It would be kind of complicated to track down, but, but maybe we should, because I think that the ascension of Jesus is probably mentioned in the epistles of Paul and Peter and, and even Hebrews, that the ascension is mentioned more than the resurrection. I know that the Old Testament promise of the ascension, the chief promise of the Old Testament that promises the ascension is Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool, is the third most quoted Old Testament passage in all of the New Testament. And that means that in every place where that passage is being quoted, the ascension is being talked about. In other words, the ascension is all over the place. And in fact, in some ways, I think that the entire entire revelation of Jesus given to St. John is a, is a commentary on the, on the ascension of Jesus. And it, and it works kind of like this, that we look around us and we see the world falling apart. I mean, we see that the, those who are elected to rule are foolish or wicked or confused or dangerous or incompetent or, you know, you can fill in with your own adjectives, whatever. We see that the church is being persecuted in every place around the world and that that persecution is being brought to us. We we sit here and try to come to grant, to to try to get our head around, uh, come to grips with the fact that that while the the world used to look to the church to, to say what is right and wrong, that now the world has determined that the church is wrong and dangerously wrong. And now we stand on the outside of all of these things. So that the thing that we'll hear Jesus say on Sunday, that that those who kill you will think that they offer to God a service, that we see that starting to come true. And we see all these things falling apart in our own lives, right? I mean, we get sick, we're dying, the people that we love get sick, they're hurt, there's accidents, there's terror, there's disaster. People leave the church and lose their faith, and we mourn over all of these things. So we look around. And we're tempted as we look around to think that Jesus is not on the throne. We're tempted when we look around to think that Jesus has abandoned us, that he has left us as orphans, that we have to fend for ourselves. I I think this temptation comes in the church as well. And and it's when the church uh, sits there and tries to and thinks that the work of spreading the gospel and growing the church and all of these sorts of things, that this is our work and not the work of Christ, that, that it's up to us, that we've got to do something, because obviously Jesus isn't doing anything about it. Do You see that we're, we're constantly tempted then to doubt the ascension. Now, I think that the revelation of Jesus takes this takes this temptation head on. So that if you go, and I don't know if it should be your homework tonight to read the entire 22 books of the, or chapters of the book of Revelation, it doesn't actually take too long, maybe 45 minutes or so. But when you read through the book of Revelation, you notice a pattern that starts to unfold. And it's something like this. John has unveiled to him the, 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 the spiritual realities of this world. 
and they're frightful. I mean, there's, there's bowls of God's wrath. There's trumpets of doom. All of these bad things are happening. And it seems like just when you've become convinced that the devil is ruling and reigning everything in the universe, then all of a sudden, John will be carried up into heaven. And do you know what he sees there in heaven? Jesus, the Lamb of God, sacrificed for our sins. Jesus is sitting on the throne. And the church and the angels surround him and sing his praises. And just when John gets his fill of that, to know that Jesus does sit on the throne, then it's back down to the earth. And John sees, and it looks like things are getting worse. There's, there's dragons and there's, uh, and there's beasts coming up out of the sea and there's rivers turning to blood and there's, and there's uh, uh, the church and blood being spilled everywhere. And just when John could be tempted to think that Jesus has somehow been taken off of the throne, then whoop, back up into heaven just to check. And there's the Lamb of God still on the throne, still pleading His blood, still forgiving sins, still serving His church. And when John gets his fill, it's back down to the earth for a little bit more misery and suffering and and the temptation to think that Jesus must have fallen off the throne until at last heaven and earth are combined and Jesus is still there. And this is our comfort. Jesus is still there. The Lamb who was slain sits on the throne of the Father. Your Jesus rules the universe. There's something very significant that we read in the account of the ascension of Jesus. And it is this, the posture of Jesus when He ascended. We read in the Scriptures that Jesus raised His hands to bless His disciples and then was taken up from them. And this, dear saints, is simply beautiful. Because with Jesus... His hands raised in blessing. The wounds there for everyone to see. You know, the holes in His hands made by the, made by the nails. With His hands raised in blessing, Jesus says this, I'm not leaving you because I'm angry with you. I'm ascending to bless you. To bless you with your baptism. To bless you with the forgiveness of sins. I'm ascending into heaven so that I might hear your prayers and pray for you before the Father. I'm ascending into heaven so that I can place my body and my blood on the altar and in your mouth so that you can know that I'm merciful and kind and loving. And then the angels say, and this is really quite wonderful, after Jesus ascends into heaven and all the disciples are kind of staring there, looking in the clouds, wondering when He's going to come back, the two angels appear, and they say, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there uh, uh, gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus will return in the same way. In other words, not only did He leave to bless you, but He will return with His hands raised in blessing for you, your redemption drawing near. So, saints of God, take heart. Have hope. Be of good courage. Your Jesus, who was on the cross for you, is at the right hand of God for you. 
and he will stay there until he comes back for you. This is our hope. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.